the Confidence Collective. I'm Danny, your hostess with the mostess. Don't you worry, there will be plenty more cheesy one-liners and dad jokes throughout this podcast. I'm an entertainment host turned confidence coach for women who are ready to step into their biggest, boldest, brightest self, aka who they've always been meant to be. I work with women who are newbie entrepreneurs, women who are looking to switch up their careers, and women who just need a confidence boost to finally go tackle that big, hairy, audacious goal they've been afraid to set for themselves. I created the Confidence Collective as a place for women to come together and collectively have conversations about our own experiences with confidence, the mistakes we've made, the lessons we've learned, and the growth that has happened along the way. We talk business, health, relationships, and so much more. New episodes will be dropping weekly, so be sure to subscribe and welcome to the Confidence Collective community. Just a little disclaimer before we dive into our podcast today, we do talk about some sensitive topics like domestic abuse, but neither myself nor my guest is a licensed doctor or therapist, so if you do need help, please reach out to thehotline.org and they can connect you with a therapist or a professional who can get you the help that you need. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a huge smile on my face because I am with Tashina Calhoun, and she just said the absolute sweetest thing and like made me light up and smile and glow because she's such an incredible human. And I'm so just honored that she's here today talking to me um, and having this conversation on our podcast today. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm, I'm like livid. I'm just super excited. This is awesome. So I actually wrote this down because I didn't want to get this wrong because you have, you wear many hats. You are a photographer, an editor, a business owner, and a nonprofit founder, girlfriend. How uh, do you do it? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone asks that all the time. And I have two little ones and they have their own little ventures. So um, my son is actually a senior in high school this year. So he's, he'll be 18 um, this school year. My daughter is 10 years old, going on like 30 years old, so it keeps me really busy. <laughs> but um, balance in right now, just knowing my limitations, like I'm at a point where there's been so much growth. So I know that with growth and expansion, there's new things that comes with new levels. So at this point, like I was just talking to you about, I need an assistant, you know? Um, so I think just really understanding where you're at, where you're going, um, the confidence in where you're going and then structure around that is how all of this works. But if you ask me how it works, I'm be like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but honestly, it takes planning and it takes time and a lot of balance and a whole lot of structure. And sometimes like this, an assistant. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to start us off today um, by going back to our really fun coffee date that we had. Like, was seems fun. like a lifetime ago. I know. We were, like, just happy to get out. It's COVID. We're like, uh, where are we going? We're going to go where is this patio. And so it was like, patio's good. So, yeah, I remember. It seems like a lifetime ago, but I had such a great time. And I, I really enjoyed our conversation because we talked a lot about our past yes. and our past experiences and some of the not so delightful things that we've dealt with. And just kind of reflecting on where we are today and how we got through that. And you shared with me um, your story. And I, it was, I was really um, 
I don't even know the word for it. I was really like, just so in awe of you from getting from where you were to where you are today. And also just like being so open about your journey, about even like the feelings you had around yourself during that journey. I was just very honored that you shared that with me. And so I thought we could start off maybe by talking about that today. Woo! Yes. Uh, I mean, I think we all, I think what connects us all is that we all have these experiences that we go through that we really don't want to talk about or bring to the surface. But when we talk about them, we often find that we have commonalities amongst us all, unfortunately, because sometimes these things are not pretty things. So um, I know one thing that I, we talked about is me just really not knowing my worth until about the age of 26. And um, when I think about it, it's not that I had a, a bad upbringing or that my home was not good or where I was raised. I had, you know, both of my parents there. Uh, they were, you know, they both had jobs. I never really wanted for anything, but I found myself at a really young age in difficult positions as when it came to like people that I chose to surround myself with at the time. Yeah. And, you know, we're kids. So, you, you know, you're just thinking you're having fun not really understanding that your people, places, and things that you're choosing at the time, it kind of shapes you into who you are at that time. Mm-hmm. And when you're growing as youth, you know, we're still growing and developing. And so we're exploring and experimenting. And I just hung around a really um, a bad group of people at that time. When it came to dating, I guess for me, thinking about it now, I really didn't have... Um, I mean, when we think about like present day, there's so many positive um, relationships that we see in the media, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And when we say media, because, you know, as kids, you know, you're looking to, you know, you're watching like the BET or the MTV Cribs. That's what we used to watch back then. (laughs) Oh my God, literally just having a conversation this morning about MTV. Yeah. Do you remember when MTV was like the go-to channel where all the videos premiered? You had like, you, you literally before school, that's the channel that was on. what you did before school, before the bus came, you were watching MTV. You were waiting for your video, your song, whatever. It was like, that was it, right? Um, and we yeah. really, that was like the go-to, right? But when I think about it, um, in not even, I wouldn't just say for, uh, as a African-American woman, um, I think it's across the board, but I, I, I say that for me because when I think of like a positive influence or someone we can look up to and say, oh, she's doing things, I want to be like her, you know, I don't think I really had that. And so when you go out and you're meeting people or you see people that might seem like they're really cool and that, that cool life seems kind of enticing, it's kind of like wanting something that you should not want and you want it anyway, like the parent, like the kid that wants all the candy. And I was like, okay, you eat this much candy is really not good for you. But they're like, oh, I still want all of that candy. I want it. Give me, give me, give me. And I think that's what it kind of happened in the relationships is that um, with guys, even though I knew they weren't potentially the best for me, I still wanted that. So I found myself in bad relationships, going through really bad things from mental abuse, physical abuse, um, from cheating, being well, being cheated on, you know, going through these horrible things like, okay, it'll stop one day and we'll be happy. Like, it was like, subconsciously, there was some belief that, oh, we have to go through all this bad stuff first before we get to the good stuff. Right. Do you think that part of that came from just what was being represented on in the media? 
you know, what was available on TV. And because I, I feel like 2020 has been a year where we've really, as people, been challenged to really think through representation. I think today in society, we're way more transparent than what we've been in the past. And that's across the board. Um, people are allowed to be more vulnerable. People are allowed to express themselves. So we're able to kind of pull back the mask and see what's really there. As to in the past, it wasn't a pulling back of a mask. It wasn't, there wasn't so much transparency into people that we idolize, right? right. So like today with your superstars, you can go on, uh, on Instagram, you can watch the story and see what they're doing. You can see the posts. If somebody's getting cheated on, they might even express it. You know, they, you see that they yeah. have like real life issues too. The same things that we experience. As within the past, it's like, oh, they have this perfect life or, or this is what it looks like. This is what yeah. a relationship looks like. The guy does this, the girl does that, and this is what it looks like. Choosing the types of young men that I chose to date, it, it, it led me to a path of um, having depression, um, not knowing my self-worth. You know, I was verbally abused all the time. I was physically abused. Um, I was in high school. This is dating my, my son's father. It just came out of the blue. Like we were just talking. I said something to him that he didn't like. And he just slapped me. And that was the first time. And so it's like that initial shock. Like, okay, I've never seen this before. Because like, <laughs> you're not seeing that on the music videos. You're not seeing that on TV, right? Because yeah. everything's good. You don't see the bad side. Mm -hmm. um, my parents weren't physically abusive towards one another. So this never happened to me before. Do you kind of get into that space where you're like, this must be a fluke. This must, this must be like this must not be real kind of a thing <clears throat> i don't know what space i got into in that moment i can speak for spaces later on but mm -hmm. i guess it just like in that it was like that shock like this just happened yeah. i got pregnant my senior year of high school and i had my son shortly i graduated in may i had him in september so now i'm a young mom i'm exerting myself into adulthood um, we're trying to make a family and Really, that after that he's beating up on me, and when I say beating up on me, that was from punches to backhanding to um, choking, and it got so bad that I just I had to hide all sharp objects in the house. I had to put those things away. I had to put knives and scissors, anything that looked like it could be harmful, because I did not know. One time he reached for the vacuum and there was like who knew the handle detached you know mm -hmm. it got that bad and i just could not bring myself to tell my parents what i was going through because i wasn't raised like that and it's like on one hand you're like okay i'm a young adult i'm asserting myself into adulthood i got this but then at the same time it's like i don't have this i need help but then i don't want you guys to judge me for the situation that i'm in because we're supposed to be making a family. It's easy for us to want to blame ourselves like we should have known better. And I think that's like kind of where it begins. And so for me, it's like the blaming of myself. Like I should have known better. How did I get in the situation? And yes, there's a lot of sh a shame associated with that because you're like from the outside looking in, you don't look like the type of person who's about to deal with any of that, right? Mm -hmm. They look at you because I would get compliments all the time. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. You got this together. Meanwhile, I'm like getting, you know, knocked upside the head and hair pulled out, like all kind of stuff. And I think it's just a shame that didn't allow us to express the vulnerability. 
that we didn't want to be judged because we feel like people's looking down on us. And that's not the case is we have nothing to be ashamed of. I remember I was loading things out of the car, walking back and forth into my apartment. The keys were in the, my apartment door. He was in jail, so I wasn't worried about it. I got back into my apartment with that last load. My keys were taken out of the door and he was there and I just froze in my tracks. That's terrifying. I just froze in my tracks. And obviously he was out of jail and very, very, very upset that I put him there. And I don't know how this is for you, for your community, but I know like in the black communities, like, you know, you do not call the police, you don't involve them in this, that or the other because mm -hmm. of the things that happen. But obviously it's like, for me, it's like one of those things, um, he was wrong to put his hands on me. He was wrong to cause physically, like bodily harm to me. So mm -hmm. I had no choice but to do that. And so even standing up for myself in that instance, I was made felt to, to feel wrong about it because like, oh, you're not supposed to call the police on me. That's not how we do that. Like I went to reach for the keys in my phone. He had picked up all my things. And so he locked me in the apartment with him and we were there for almost 72 hours. Um, in which time that I was beaten even more. Um, he pulled my hair out um, because I have braids and it's like braids braided to the scalp. And so like at the top, like where you, you know, the, like the bun or whatever, he pulled that, pulled my hair out. He broke my laptop for school my senior year of college. And the first thing that came to mind, because at that point in time, life was crazy. My nerves was bad. I used to smoke black and miles, like the little cigars with the plastic uh, on the tip. And so I told him, I was like, I need to black him out. And this is at this point is Sunday, it is Father's Day. And I'm not, I'm still locked up in the apartment almost 72 hours later. And I was like, I need to black him out. He was like, what well, do you have one? I was like, it's in the car. That was my only way to get him out of the house long enough so I can get the broom and hit it on the ceiling up above me and call and text 911 just to let them know and then hang up really quick and erase it like it didn't even happen. The police came, they surrounded the apartment he didn't want to obviously open the door. I remember him calling his mother and she's like, she's like, what is he doing over there? I was like, he came over here when he got out of jail. And she's like, well, open the door for the police and tell them that you, you were taking a shower and you didn't hear them at the door. And I'm like, excuse me? Like your son has been over here kicking me, kicking my ass literally all weekend. Mm -hmm. You tell me to protect him. And so the police ended up kicking, up kicking the door into the apartment. They took him to jail. And I think what was most apparent at that time is that when, I, when you choose to stand up for yourself, sometimes you're standing by yourself. I am so happy that you said that and brought that up because I was just having this discussion with someone because they were talking about how they were growing and they're like, I feel like I'm becoming a better person and I'm growing and I'm changing, but I'm also noticing that I'm starting to lose friends. Mm. And I was like, it's okay. It's like, we don't talk about this enough, but sometimes when you, you reach a new level or you start to expand in your own growth and your own experience, yeah. sometimes the things that no longer serve you are going to step away and you may have to just be okay with that. You may have to be like, this is my journey. Like I'm gonna have to do this right now and I'm gonna have to be okay with that. Most definitely. And I always tell people elevation requires separation. You can't, everybody cannot go where you're going. And so in that moment, it seems really like 
like you're isolated from people, like what's going on? And we want to hold on to these things. So, you know, that was, that was my first time like standing up for myself, realizing I deserved more than what I was going through. Um, but it didn't stop there. I had to go through one, <laughs> like we bumped our head. It didn't stop there. I had to go through one more, like, I was like, okay, I'm never going to go through this. Nobody's going to put their hands on me. And at that point in time, I just knew I did not want to be with anybody that physically put their hands on me and caused harm to me. I knew I did not want to be in a physically abusive relationship. I knew that that was like non-negotiable. So the next relationship ended up being um, my ex-husband. And while he wasn't physically abusive, he was emotionally abusive. So it's mm -hmm. like I had this mind, clear in my mind that what I wasn't going to tolerate but I guess I'd left emotional abuse out. <laughs> Who talked to us about emotional abuse when we were younger? Who talked to us about that? Nobody, right? Yep. Yep. So I'm right there with you. And it's <laughs> emotional abuse is so hard. And I, I, again, like when I went through it, I was in denial, 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 denial. So I was like, no, nobody would do that. No, I'm not one of those people. Like nobody did that to me, you yeah. know, because you, it's hard because you don't have any physical bruises. Like you don't have a physical representation of what you're going through. So it's sometimes so hard to wrap your mind around, especially when you're like, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Like I, you know? Yeah, no, you're totally right. That's what I'm saying. There's not the physical and I, and that's, I remember one time I had a conversation. I was like, well, I don't know if I rather, and I can't believe I said this. I wouldn't say it now, but I'm like, I don't know. I'd rather the physical or the emotional. Cause I feel I'm like, at least I can see emotional. Like am I going crazy? Oh, no. <laughs> But it's one thing that I said that time. I was like, emotional. I'm just like, am I going crazy? Well, I but, think also part of the abuse too, the emotional abuse. Cause I, I remember like, I remember literally writing the things down in a journal because yeah. my boyfriend at the time would literally come back and be like, oh, that didn't happen. Or I never said that. Or you did this. Yes. And I'd be like, no. Like, like. so I yes. actually started, I got a journal. You think you go crazy. Yeah, I started writing things down because I'm like, I'm losing my effing mind. I'm literally going nuts. Like, I'm a crazy person. And then, like, that started spiraling into, do I deserve this? Like, is mm -hmm. do I deserve this kind of treatment? Because I'm nuts and I'm all over the place. And it was just like, it, it's crazy where your mind can take you. It really you just, you're not prepared to, or... Uh, willing to like love yourself so much that you set those limitations because I at the time didn't and that's where my journey needed to happen yeah so I know that um, out of that situation it was just like oh my gosh like what what I just knew that I was not going to do another physically abusive relationship I was like we're not going to do that so next thing you know we got emotional abuse um, and like I said, nobody talked to us about it when we were younger. So, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, okay, what's really happening? And so, as you said, you know, you question yourself. And so just getting into that and going through the different motions of, well, what is really happening? Am I really feeling this way? You get to this point where you're questioning all your feelings, you're questioning your actions, you're questioning conversations. And in that relationship, the emotional abuse stemmed from not just things that he would say, but just things that he would do. There was a lot of cheating, a lot of late nights, a lot of not coming home. And it made you question yourself, especially being married, question yourself as a woman, as a wife, um, like, what am I doing or what am I not doing? Mm. And so, so what's wrong with me? Again, pointing it back at mm. you. So what, I guess it was about, like I said, mid-20s, I just started to stand up where I'm like, I'm not about to deal with this. 
because, you know, at this time I've already graduated college. Um, I had a decent job. I've always had good jobs. Um, I started my first business and I'm just growing and I'm evolving and I'm meeting different people. And I'm realizing that I'm actually a pretty good person, but I feel like in the marriage, I got so lost into trying to be his wife and be what he needed me to be. And anytime he needed something, making sure that he was straight, it was like not making sure that Tashina was good. Tashina is straight. And you hear so many times about women who get married or they have children, they feel like they lose themselves. And it shouldn't be like that. Whenever you get married, you should still be the same person. You should not lose yourself um, behind your husband or your children. There should be some balance in there where you're still able to do the things that you love and be the person that you are. Like I was responding to the things he was doing mm -hmm. and not seeing that in my response to the things that he was doing, because he was hurting me. And as a result, I'm hurt. So I'm like, okay, I'm just like this different person. I'm this hurt person. All of my feelings and my emotions, questioning my worth, questioning my value, questioning what I deserve, questioning what I did to even deserve what we're doing, what I was in at that moment. I had so many questions and it just came down to like, you know what, situation number two, standing up for me. I need to get a divorce. I cannot do this. This is causing me to be a different person. This is causing me not to be true to myself. I was growing and evolving. He was not growing and evolving. He was okay doing what he's always done. And so in that moment, I knew that he had to go. But what that looked like, it looked like two or three more years of personal development and growth for me, two or three more years of growing into confidence for myself, two or three more years of choosing myself two or three more years of actually saying okay you're going to be okay because there's a point in time every time that i'll be like you have to go it's like oh he'll be right back like nope you gotta go he's back it's like oh you know like that one friend like okay we broke up <laughs> you know and then you see them like i thought you broke up it was like one of those things it was always that thing like <laughs> this attachment like this is life i don't see anything else happening so it wasn't until i had to really get the mindset of okay what does life look like? What is it that I desire? What is it that I want? Who do I see being there with me at these beautiful moments, right? Yeah. And as I began to think long-term, as I began to think about the things that I wanted, as I began to think about the person that I am, I mean, I started realizing myself worth at 26. Here we are, I'm 36 now. Yeah, 10 years later, right? 10 years later. And we can't put ourselves on anyone else's time clock. We can't put ourselves on anyone else's schedule. However much time it takes, however much time you need, you just, you need it because you can't be who you need to be without it. What did that look like for me to grow into who I am now? It looked like a whole lot of personal development. It looked like a lot of uh, times just looking in the mirror and talking to myself. It looked like me giving positive affirmations. It looked like me just stepping out and just into the unknown. I had to let go of that. I had to let it go. I can't hold on to it. And if you hold on to things that don't serve you, what you're doing is you're, you're taking the space for the other things you're supposed to come in. I was taking up space for other things to come in. I couldn't find new love or new let someone find me because I still held on to a piece because I didn't know. I was like, uh, you know, because of course in his words, oh, nobody ever love you like I love you. And I'm going to do this. It's a line that guys just use because literally that is <laughs> something that 
that was something that I had to work through because that was that was a thing that he would say. He'd be like, "No one is ever gonna love you as much as I love you." No one. It's like they program it, girl. <laughs> oh my god! Like I remember that was a huge thing that I had to work through in therapy and coaching and all the stuff that I did because for whatever reason, that silly notion, even though there was there are millions and millions of people I don't know who told them that, but whoever told them that needs to not tell them because yes, I I feel that same way. I'm like, what? So yeah. Nobody like that doesn't even make sense just from like a mathematical just people versus how many people there are in the world versus you like that doesn't make sense the fact that there's not a single other soul who would care for you, you align with you that doesn't even make sense and it took a really long time for me to just like work through that and be like oh wait yeah that actually doesn't make sense I mean, you know, and we don't think about it rationally in that moment because we're getting our feelings, we're getting our emotions. Like, well, maybe nobody else will. But, you know, if we think that, you know, nobody will. So if we think that. Yes. I'm a firm believer in, like, you put out what you receive and you vice versa. Like, you receive what you give. And if you were sitting there putting that energy out of, like, I'm not worthy, no one's going to love me. For me, it was I'm unlovable. Yeah, but you're so lovable. We are all lovable. We're created in God's image, okay? And yeah. God is love. So, you know, we know that. But it's like when you hear that person say, nobody's going to love you like this. I'm like, you're the only one person that's going to love me? Yeah. No, they're not. And, they, and then what they were doing wasn't even love. Well, And then let me say that. It wasn't the love that we needed. It wasn't the love that they needed. Because if you think about it, these men who are doing these things or the person, it couldn't have to be a man, whomever, do they love themselves? Because if they love themselves, they would do things differently. So what I had to realize is that the things that he was doing, girl, silly stuff, silly, silly stuff. Like we would stupid stuff. Like what? Like if you love yourself, would you do this? Would you self-sabotage yourself? Would you do things that are not for the best of you? You know, and yeah. so if they're doing these things for them, how could you love me and you're self-sabotaging your own life? It's like the things that are destined for me, they're destined for me. And it did not, I don't believe he was supposed to be a part of that. This is where you got to go. And sometimes you have to go through that door by yourself and you have to be okay with that. So mm-hmm. it just took a lot of personal development, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, a lot of time, loving on me, choosing me, having self-care, knowing what I deserve. Mm-hmm. because anybody can put up on anything but do you want to be that person that just puts up or yeah. do you want to walk into the life that you've designed and you've created because of the boundaries you set in place and because of the books you chose to read and how you chose to personally develop yourself and how you chose to personally build your confidence and confidence is so key with that because if I did not have the confidence in me if I didn't bet on my own happiness and believe in my own destiny I would not have been able to take those steps. And sometimes you have to take those steps blindly because who knew? I didn't know where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Still don't know. It's a journey. <laughs> like any of us do. <laughs> it's a journey. However, we can't get there to continuing to do the same things that we've been doing. We have to stick it for ourselves. And yeah. every time that you stand up for yourself, you build more confidence you believe in yourself more. You see that you can actually do this. 10 years ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd been able to like ignore a phone call or not talk or not engage. I was like, I'm not strong enough for that. But present day, 
I, I'm equipped. Yeah. The confidence and it's a beautiful space. And so confidence is definitely a journey, but just as we work on other areas of life, we work in a confidence and how we build our confidence is by doing the things that we don't believe that we can do. And when we achieve them, it's like, whoop. Can we put that on a billboard, please? Because, you know, people, I, I obviously, you know, talk to a lot of women and have talked to women about confidence, especially like working on camera. And I've heard countless times, well, I just, like, I wasn't born with it. Like, I just don't, I've never like had that confidence in myself. And I'm like, nobody's born with it. Some people are more inclined to just naturally be more open to that progression and to the unknown, if you will. But no one is just born with this overwhelming sense of confidence. We all have to accept doing things that scare us a little. And that's how you build the confidence. You see the thing that you want. You acknowledge that it scares you a little. You do it anyways. You do it anyway. And the more you do things, the more you take action, the more momentum you create for your confidence. I so love that you talked about earlier, like creating the space for, um, for yourself to love on yourself and creating the space for you to actually work on your own personal growth and self-care because you have to so crucial. I, I guess the best analogy I used to give is like, imagine like a Sunday morning getting everybody ready for church, right? As a wife, you get the kids ready. You get the husband ready. You got to, can you iron his shirt? Cause he can't iron button down shirts. Right. Right. He doesn't know how to do that. Right. So it's like, you get the kids ready, you iron his shirt. And then at the end, everybody's like, why aren't you ready? I was getting everybody else ready. That's why I'm not ready. So I totally wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, brilliant analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that is what, that's what I lived for so many years. Uh, and I've just, it's like the perfect analogy for that. Before we wrap, there's a question I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, because I wish I had a collection of these answers from every woman I've ever met. Cause I feel like I would have made much better decisions in my life. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I think we're supposed to go through and like bump our head three or four times. And yeah. I, I ask everybody, if you could leave all of the people who are listening today with one piece of advice, what would that be? Love freely, forgive quickly. Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast if you loved it. I would also love to connect with you. So come chat with me over on Instagram at danielle.hawthorne. You can also head on over to dannyhawthorne.com where I have some really fun freebies for you, including a free mini course where I teach you how to boost your confidence in under three minutes. This is a process that I use before all of my celebrity interviews and I absolutely swear by it. So go to dannyhawthorne.com and grab that. It's 100% free and you can literally start using it today to give yourself a confidence boost because you know what? We all need one sometimes. Until next week, keep being confidently you.